0: Good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida.
1: And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 8th, episode 2409, brought to you today by Stateline Tack. Good morning, Horse World. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday.
3: Here we go again.
2: And
1: away we go. That's right. It's Wednesday. It's Groundhog Day. Why is this still going on, Glenn? Make it stop. I'm tired (laughs) of this.
0: I'm tired of being in the house, too.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. In
0: 10 days, I was supposed to be riding the coast of Florida on my bike for a week.
1: Man, you will just do anything to get out of that, won't you?
0: <laughs> you know what? It'd be kind of nice right now. It'd be empty, no traffic, nothing. i would be good.
1: Just get a tent.
0: Yeah, and some a lot of food, and I
1: could I could do it. Power bars, I could do it. Yeah, you can do it. Go for it. Sounds good. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. We'll, we're, Like I said, we just try to keep your mind off of it. Uh, on today's show, we're going to have Stephanie, the owner of Flying Changes Equine Massage and Wellness. She's going to talk to us about cranial sacral therapy. And, oh, gosh, finally, Dr. Siemens is coming by to let us know. Just how those large animal vets are doing during these trying times, and uh, words we never want to hear again after the coronavirus. Plus, I've got a little weird news—one that may have to do with a dog driving a car. <laughs> All right, <laughs> here we go. Daily well, winnie time. I got oh, no, but no. no,
0: before that, I got to talk to you about something. You're going to be moving in your house soon, right?
1: Oh my gosh! They're saying maybe less than two weeks.
0: So you got this big new house, and I, I, <laughs> I watched, uh, I watched one of the late night shows. They had uh, Kaylee Kuko and Carl Cook on. Now they have not lived together after being married for two years and knowing each other for four. She's been doing her thing filming in New York. He's out riding horses everywhere. Of course he's a show jumper rider and Kaylee rides too, but you know, she's been working. So they built this great big new house. And and I mean, after I saw this video, it's a great big new house. And they had, I forget, was it Kimmel? I think it was Kimmel that had him, had her on. And she was in the living room of this new house. They just moved in before the virus, lock, virus lockdown hit. And it is the first time they're living together. So that's interesting. But the house, Jamie, is enormous. The living room is freaking enormous. And in the living room, they have one sectional sofa filled with dogs. And that was it. There's no other furniture, there's nothing on the walls, there's nothing in this house except the sectional furniture in the living room filled with dogs, which she has about 85 of. And then apparently she has a mug collection, so she said, come in here to the kitchen. And it was so funny, because she walks into the kitchen, and Carl's in the back in his pajamas getting something out of the refrigerator. (laughs) Um, The kitchen is the size of your new house. Do you know how some kitchens have great big islands in the middle? Yes, this one has two great big islands and it was enormous i mean it it, it literally is bigger than our house the kitchen has to be 1500 2000 square feet Well, that's
1: what happens when two millionaires marry each other glenn is they (laughs) have million more millions uh that's awesome you know you're describing it sounds just like the house we're building well i was wondering are you going to have more furniture than one couch glenn we sold or got rid of For almost everything, when we moved from Arizona to here, so we donated uh, a lot of stuff, and we sold some stuff, and we just threw some stuff away. Believe it or not, the couch that did puppy Danny when she was puppy ate. We did not bring that. We didn't bring that. (laughs) I don't know why. So, um, yeah. So what we have here in this house is just like a section of what we've been sitting on for a year and a half is a section of the couch the dog ate because it was a sectional, but like the uneaten section. So that is in there. And then our coffee table is an end table. So that that can stay. All of that can stay. So basically I've had to buy new furniture for a house that I didn't really know the colors of. And I didn't really. So we have a bed, we have a couch and Lucas has a bed.
0: Well, that's going to be about what Kaylee has. You'll be right in there with a, with a, with a
1: rich star. Do you not realize I'm like, I need forks. We are currently because we have just whittled down to nothing and I will, will not buy anything for this current tiny home that we are. This is like so pathetic. I am feeding my family dinner and giving them plastic forks. Well, because i've saved them from like restaurant because i will not use plastic one time i have to reuse it so anytime i ever get handed a plastic fork <laughs> it goes in the drawer because we're gonna use it again <laughs> that is what we're eating with like plastic forks that have like been in the wash and come back out <laughs> that's what we do
0: i'm wondering how long kale because kaylee and carl are both horse people. So I'm just wondering how long are their house is going to be completely empty. I'm saying forever. <laughs> They're never going to get around. To, and I think that's going to be you too. You're going to, you're going to have the couch. What else do you need? Right. A couch and a bed and a kitchen.
1: I got a chair. I did get a chair and it's so cute. It's like little dogs print dog. It's like dog print all over it. Uh, and so I got a dog. I call it the dog chair and I got a bed and I got a couch and Lucas says bunk beds upstairs. Oh, I did get a desk from my father-in-law who retired. I'm going to be using his desk. (laughs) Oh, good. So you have a place to
0: do the show. That's good. I have a place
1: to do the show. So we're good. We're good. (laughs) Did you notice, by the way, the other day when I was doing the Ask Monty, how small and barren this tiny little room is? People don't believe that I'm actually sitting in cinder block. But I'm legit in a cinder block room right now, like the size of a closet. I, I asked her, I said,
0: can you put something on the wall behind you? It looks kind of blank. And she said, it's cinder block. What am I supposed to do?
1: <laughs> Get the hammer and nails, babe. Yeah, <laughs> put something up. Yeah, I'm like, I can't decorate that. It's cinder block. I, you know what? I have Lucas's drawings taped to one wall, and I have stuff taped in front of me to remind me of stuff. That's it. Tape
0: <laughs> and post-it notes. Well, pretty soon you'll be in your beautiful loft office loft yes. studio
1: it's a loft
0: yes it's she's gonna loft. have a, she she did a little video for me of the new house where her loft studio was gonna be and it really is a loft studio there's some days you could just you're right out to the balcony in the second floor you could just take your computer outside and do the show from out there
1: i know i made them give i made Ooh. them put in a balcony i'm like i want to sit up on the top and drink coffee <laughs> <laughs> and wine whatever
0: there you go i think that's a great idea all right Thank daily Winnie time. I don't have any birthdays today. Can you believe that? No birthdays
1: at all today and tomorrow. No, I cannot believe that. I I, don't. I
0: don't. There isn't. I looked. You know, And there's going to be a lot of birthdays in nine months because I heard, just read a story two minutes ago that said that there's a condom shortage currently because a lot of the factories are closed and or have been converted to making gloves. So... (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, is that what the problem is? I yeah. thought people were actually being sensible now, but no. No, I think there's going to be a lot of babies in nine months.
0: Anyway, new auditors, I wanted to welcome. We have a bunch of new ones, and we have a bunch, I, too many for me to even say. We have a bunch of our current auditors that have raised their pledges, and we really appreciate that. We are we are down many, many sponsors at this point, so we really do appreciate your help. Uh, yeah. We have new auditors, Tanya Fleming, Joanne Specka, Robin Gilbert. Erica Ekstrom, Aaron Grogan, Allison Ty, who was on our show the other night, and Tiana Vestry. So welcome. And I'm sure I missed some. They've been coming in. I'm trying, I'm trying to get them as they come in, but I'm sure I missed some. By the way, if any of you signed up in the last couple of months at the level where you get a mug or a hat, being that we're not going to the post office right now. Um, and I ordered mugs before all of this went down, and I think they must have closed because I haven't gotten them yet. So I will get them out as soon as we're opened up again and we can get stuff out to you. We're keeping a See, list. See, that's
1: <laughs> why we keep you as auditors is we're like, we <laughs> promise we're going to send it. And
0: and, and Jemmy's keeping the list, so I know it's fairly accurate. If it was me doing it, you, you should worry. But... Anyway, welcome to all of you. If you want to join the Auditor Super Secret Room, go to HRN Auditors on Facebook and request to enter.
1: I wanted to give my daily winny out to, oh my gosh, it was so fun to Monty and to you and to Debbie and to everybody who listened and came on and asked questions and message questions with our Monty Roberts Ask Monty Live on monday that was such a good time i just i had the best time doing that and
0: i had to kind of talk you into that a little bit yeah you did not hanging out with monty but doing the video part
1: yeah i don't like video and
0: and there were several people it was so funny because when the video started there were no comments about monty it was comments about how good looking you are what like people were surprised (laughs)
1: <laughs> I did see one person that said, Oh my God, she looks like Sandra Bullock. And I was like, Yeah, totally. <laughs> I get that I mean, all She the literally time. hadn't
0: even combed her hair that day.
1: <laughs> I had, um, I had, I, I've ridden right before that and I had helmet hair. And so I took the ponytail down and like shook the hay out. <laughs> but I did put a little eyeliner on because, you know, you look washed out with that eyeliner on. You,
0: you did great. Everything went per, Monty was was in a jovial mood. It looked like he had been rested for a while and hadn't been traveling.
1: I know. Uh, It was amazing. He actually, he just loves helping people and he loves answering questions. I mean, for all the time that I've been there, y'all, the man is who he says he is, you know, like he is Monty. That is him. And, and he loves helping. He loves answering questions. He'll talk your ear off about training your horse. So it, it, this is the kind of thing that I'm sure he's fairly bored right now. So this is kind of, I'm sure he'd do it tonight. Hey,
0: <laughs> Oh, he, I think he'd come back in a minute. He, he, he said, even after he had a blast doing it and he would have went all night if we would let him, but one of, you know, you, if you haven't watched it yet, you can go back to Horses in the Morning. How Armani, many people
1: have watched it?
0: Uh Thousands. Yeah. Really? So, if you want to go to Horses in the Morning, click on the videos link on the left side, or if you're on your phone, scroll across those links at the top when you go to Horses in the Morning's page. By the way, if you want to find videos easily on a company page like Horses in the Morning or Monty Roberts, you just go to the videos tab, and it Put them all right there in one place. You don't have to scroll. So go there, and you'll see Monty's uh, with the, with uh, Jamie, and it was so much fun. We had we had a, we had several people come on live with him and ask him the questions live. We had one that was so cute. She was riding her horse because she said she wanted to ride with Monty. Oh, that
1: was so sweet. I don't even remember what her question was. I was so distracted by her pretty buckskin. She's like, I can die now. I just wanted to ride with Monty Roberts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was very cool. And we answered a lot of questions from the chat room. And I'm sure we'll do that again sometime. But uh, Monty looked more relaxed and just healthy than i've seen him in a long time because he wasn't exhausted from traveling
1: yeah he travels so much he's supposed to be in australia right now and then last time he came back from australia the next day we started horse sense and healing and i'm like dude give yourself some buffer i mean (laughs) you're like day is night night is day it makes no sense so uh, he's but he's been spending a lot of time out there and he loves it it's like a whole new adventure for him so he just he's just really happy right now um and everything's going really well. So I just love him. And he's
0: 85 and doing well. I mean, yeah. he, we were tired. He wasn't. He was ready still to keep going. No, he's like, y'all keep going.
1: Let's <laughs> do this till 2 a.m. So it was really fun. And I appreciate everybody uh, for listening to it and being a part of it. Um, it's just, we'll do you it know, again. it's just so funny, too. You know, the world that I live in here in the middle of Oklahoma is so strange to Chad's family. Like they don't, I don't, I'm an enigma to that, to Chad's family. They have literally no idea what I do. So uh, they're like, how, how have you been keeping yourself busy during this? You know, cause I talked, I had to bring some groceries to my mother-in-law cause they won't go out of the house. Uh, so I had to drop them off on the front porch and, you know, we're chatting from, you know, 12 feet away. How have you been keeping yourself busy during this? And I'm like, you know, I have a farm, right? Like, and a job. And <laughs> a job. Oh, are you still doing that? <laughs> yes, I'm still doing that. I talk to myself in a room in a closet. Yeah, I still do that. Oh, so, so, and I'm like, and I just got some new horses in training. How did you get new horses in training? A trailer? <laughs> like, the. I was like, I just did uh, like an online show last night. How do you do that? I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) They have no idea like what I, like my existence in the world. And so, so that's why I love you guys. I have to keep doing this show. I have to because you're (laughs) the only people I talk
0: to. (laughs) Well, and you know, it's funny because my Jennifer's family has now stopped asking how we are because they would complain that they haven't heard from us. And I would always shoot back with for years. I'm on the show every morning at nine o'clock, five days a week, talking about our lives. You can hear more than we can do in a phone call. Just tune in. And they've no. I don't think they're tuning in, but they've stopped asking.
1: So, yeah, they don't they yeah. you they they don't want to listen to this garbage. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, is he alive? Cool. He's still posting on Facebook. <laughs> we could
0: hey, I, I asked the auditors, uh, what words do they never want to hear again after coronavirus? What phrases are being used over and over again that they never want to hear again? You wanna hear some of them? Let's see if yes. you agree. Okay. How about the, the most obvious one, social distancing? It's something- I don't want
1: to hear anything ever again, about, ever, <laughs> any of it.
0: Because we had never heard that before. It's a made-up term, and now we're all kind of sick of social distancing. How about shelter in place? Yep. I mean, since World War II, I don't think anybody's ever sheltered in place. I
1: was going to say, like, that's for, like, tornado victims. And
0: and, uh, if you're getting bombed on, you know. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, Jennifer keeps reminding everybody when they're complaining about this, at least there's not bombs dropping on our heads. So there's
1: that. Wow. She's so positive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Really, really takes me to the the heart of it. Thanks, Jen.
0: (laughs) How about curbside, uh, you know, pickup? We, We had never heard about curbside pickup before. Uh, so, oh,
1: Is that how you're getting your groceries?
0: Yes, curbside pickup. And restaurants, that's all they're doing is curbside pickup. How about um, slow the spread or, or or flatten the curve? Those are two.
1: Oh, that's a new one to me. I just read an article about flatten the curve. I'm like, what are yeah, you well, talking Yeah, that's
0: all over the news. That's all over the news. Uh, quarantine. Nobody ever wants to hear quarantine ever again. Uh, wash your hands and don't touch your face. Now, that's something that we probably should have been doing before, but uh, it's new to a lot of people, apparently.
1: Or is anybody ever, you know, if people are, okay, this is supposed to have brought everybody together, but it's like, we're all uniting together on this bull, man, this is keeping people apart. <laughs> I went to the store yesterday, I went to Walmart, and they would only let people in the Walmart if you waited till the person in front of you had gone six feet in front of you. And they're so only you, allowing not- so
0: many in right now, they're...
1: I don't know. There yeah. was, there was not that many, people there's more employees in there getting yeah. curbside stuff together. But then as soon as you walk in after waiting six feet for the person to go ahead of you, then you're all just grabbing a cart together. <laughs> <Everybody's> <laughs> grabbing a cart. Hey, I got, you want did this you, one? Did you wear a bandana mask? So my dad called during my, my visit at Walmart, of course, because he only calls me when I'm not at home. Cause he's super freaked out about all this and like, well not like he's, yeah. So he's like, Jamie, what are you doing in the Walmart? They'll bring it to you. And I was like, but I don't want somebody else picking on my vegetables and put their hands all over it. I want to get my own stuff. Well, are you wearing gloves and a mask? Yes, dad. Yes, I am wearing gloves and a mask for those listening. Think I'm all cash about this. I already, I'm pretty sure I already had it. So the Chad gave it to me. Chad brought it home in like January and he got it. And then I was sick. I even had to call off work, which I never do. And so we're pretty sure we already had it. So we're kind of just, I don't know, living our, living our best life. we <laughs> staying out of our way. It's about, terrible though. It sucks. I hate this. How about
0: essential employees? Uh, And how about if you're a non-essential employee, how does that make you feel?
1: What is (laughs) non-essential? Why do you have a job if you're a non-essential?
0: How about abundance of caution? That's another one. Uh, I've heard over and over and over again. Uh, How about toilet paper? (laughs) Still, you cannot find toilet paper in some places.
1: Can we read now? You know what? You're right. Yesterday in the Walmart, there's um, a billion rolls of paper towels, but no toilet
0: paper. No toilet paper. I I, I don't know why it is. Uh, Even uh, facial tissues, you know, Kleenex are coming back in. You can get Kleenex again, but still no toilet paper. And I heard a reason for that. And I thought this was interesting. Apparently, the toilet paper industry prepares for two markets. The the industrial business market that buys a lot of toilet paper for big ass buildings you know that people mm-hmm. do business in and then the home market well they went from nobody buying it from the business to the home market and had to change their all their distribution so now they're trying to ship it all out to you know stores where we're buying it how about covid or coronavirus we've heard of coronavirus before it's been around a long time
1: you know uh, you vaccinate your dogs for it yeah. you're, you're, you know puppy vaccines how about December Zoom? parvo corona?
0: A lot of people have never heard of
1: till. Oh my god, I did my first Zoom call last night. Did you? Yeah. Well, that's how we're
0: doing Easter with the family this Sunday. It's really annoying.
1: Yeah. Everybody's talking at the same time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh that is a problem. Um how about uh let's see here. There's a couple more. Uh, you know, Tiger King is one of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's become synonymous with this.
1: Joe Exotic has made made this coronavirus time
0: <laughs> self quarantine. Another one. How about all oh, you know? A bunch of people put, put uh, the barn is closed because the barn's never been closed in the past. Where you keep your horse, you know, it's never been closed. Annoying. Uh, let's see here. What other ones we have? It's just like the flu. <laughs> 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 I've heard that one a thousand times. Uh, six feet away, uh, Yeah. That's... N95 masks. I, I never knew what an N95 mask was. I always just knew I bought masks. I buy those little white masks because I have to wear them because I have asthma when I mow the lawn and I have allergies. So I wear the mask. So I never knew a difference between that mask and an N95 mask or any other mask. I had no idea. And I still don't. I really haven't read up on it. So we have masks because I wear them all the time to mow the lawn. There we go. I haven't run out yet. <laughs> there's my
1: list. <laughs> all right. Hey, just so you know, we mentioned the Tiger King. For the auditors after the show, I'm going to give you a nugget. Ooh, a nugget. Living in Oklahoma has its oh. benefits.
0: Yeah, we're, 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 where Mr. Tiger King was located.
1: That, right. I mean, like, l- seriously, not that far. I, I was going to ask you
0: how far it was from your house.
1: Oh gosh! Like uh, here's how here's how I learned about this is uh, we were driving up from Dallas to to Oklahoma and I saw the sign for this uh come you know the the animal park and I was like oh we should go there sometime and so I I'm like I wonder what it is I need to Google it because I'm not going to like give money to something that I it's not cheap
0: to go to terrible
1: either, well I don't know anymore but but I I Googled it. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> it was like right when he had just gotten arrested for trying to kill Carol Baskins. How about that name? How tired do you hear <laughs> the name Carol Baskins? Uh, so anyway, I'm looking at it. I'm like, "What is happening?" This I just go, I think the guy had just gotten arrested. Um, Joe Exotic had just gotten arrested when I was just driving by, and so then I went down this rabbit hole of craziness, and I'm like. He tried to kill Carol Baskin, that person that Glenn has like gone to her rescue before and visited with her. So I came on the show and I was like, Glenn, oh my God, I got to tell you the story. Remember that lady who came, you went to see her tigers and all this, blah, blah, blah. The animal, what's it called? The animal sanctuary in Florida?
0: Yeah, it's uh, Big Cat Rescue.
1: Big Cat Rescue. I'm like, oh, the guy here in Oklahoma tried to kill that lady. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> talk
0: about that in the tour, by the way. <laughs> <one
1: thing. laughs> And apparently, from what I hear, they're going to be doing a new show. Uh, First of all, apparently there's another episode that's going to get dropped. And they also are going to do a new show about Carol Baskins.
0: Oh, she's going to love that. (laughs) Uh, So good. Did you see? Did you see? I have it in there. Do you want to do those quick? There's uh, uh, the Equestrian Reality Blog did a post. Thoughts horse people have when watching Tiger King.
1: Oh, my God, this person is great. Okay, while watching Tiger King, $2,000 for a tiger? That sounds really reasonable. Are we talking about getting like a good tiger for that price or like a project tiger that's more likely (laughs) to try to kill you? Oh, my God. Is it green?
0: Yeah. (laughs) What level is it at? Is it an intermediate?
1: (laughs) Look at those crazy people involved with big, strong animals who will try to kill you. That sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Baskin's crazy. Yes. Crazier than some people I've met at horse shows. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the thing is, we all know a Carol Baskin.
1: <laughs> My veterinarian put it the best. I was speaking to her yesterday and she's like, Jamie, the reason horse people like that show, because I It's like horse people are going crazy about the show more than anybody. The reason horse people like that show is because it makes them realize that there are crazier people than them. (laughs) Yeah,
0: there's one group that's crazier. (laughs) There's a
1: group that's crazier than horse people. I did
0: watch the first episode. Did I tell you? Oh, you did? I did. Yeah, I watched it over the weekend. I've got to get, you know, got to keep watching, but I did watch the first episode. So,
1: yeah, keep going. Keep going. The first one was like the boring one. Okay. And, you know, having been
0: to her place a couple times, it was interesting now to cut. Kind of, it's going to be very interesting for me to see the transition here.
1: Are all their enclosures as small as they look?
0: No, they're actually pretty good size. Uh, their enclosures are very nice there, actually. And they keep all the I, they do a good job there of keeping them all separated. They all have their own space. They give them timeouts for months at a time in this big 20 acre field. And they certainly feed them well. Uh, they're all fat and happy. But no, that place. Oh, seems to be...
1: can't wait till you get to the episode where Joe Exotic talks about feeding the tigers.
0: <laughs> oh, I got to the cow part. I did see that part.
1: That oh, it fun. gets better. <laughs> Do you know that it costs thirty thousand dollars to feed a big cat for a year? Well, and guess how much Joe Exotic can get away with?
0: I know. I heard like three, four <laughs> thousand.
1: I can feed him for three thousand dollars a it costs year. me
0: more than that to feed Scooter a year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Carol needs to run an online course so I can learn how to get somebody to volunteer to groom for me for free seven days a week while raving about how amazing I am. And they do.
0: (laughs) They're all there. And the volunteers are wonderful. They're all there doing their great day and and raved about how amazing she was. (laughs) was,
1: She talks about the volunteers in one of the episodes. They are great. And how the t-shirts and all that she's like, I don't even know their names until they're blue t-shirts. I don't even know. You know? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's crazy. She has like these people that legit, like all they do is like volunteer for her. It's insane. Um, I don't know. I don't get some of these. Oh, Joe has several husbands and I can barely get my mare not to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me or would Joe Exotic just blend right in in a western show? I thought
0: right? About that, actually. I thought that's probably where he buys his shirts.
1: <laughs> and I mean, he does walk around gunslinging and stuff, so <laughs> uh, Joe has a couple of shirts that would make like a really nice saddle pad. True. <laughs> or boots for your horse. And um we all have a Carol Baskin's and this is the the thoughts that horse people have while watching Tiger King. Uh, we all have a Carol Baskins in our life, but instead of that be Carol Baskins, it's that bee who cut me off in the warm up or that bee who said my horse was fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, horse people are crazy. We might be crazier than tiger people. They
0: are crazy. <laughs> well, wow. uh, but
1: again, if you are interested in that and you're an auditor, stick around for after the show because I'm going to, I'm going to, I can only, I can't say this on the air, but I can say it. Okay when nobody's listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh state line tack is listening to you guys and they're still shipping. Uh, you can enjoy 25% off right now, 30% off orders over $129. Go to their website at state line right now. And uh, they have, they're really promoting right now the stocking up on the essentials. And, you know, of course, we're getting... God, we have a lot of flies here right now. We are inundated really? with flies. It is Already? crazy. Oh, man, it is crazy. If if our... Fly season already is any indication of what y'all are going to get in a month? You better stock up on fly spray because we are getting a ton of it. But they have fly spray, they have wormer. Let me see if they have ivermectin. We're going to talk about that today with Doc. Um, no, I don't see any here. So
1: Amigo Mio combo fly sheet for $54. What?
0: Uh, They just have everything. And they have vaccines too at Stateline Tech. I don't know if you knew that, but they also carry the vaccines. Jennifer just ordered uh, ours uh, for the show. Do they really? Yeah. Uh, just West Nile and uh, Fluvac and uh, all all of those. They have grooming products, of course, of all kinds. Uh, shampoo and Cowboy Magic and all of those. But they have tons of that stuff. It is time to start looking at that with the sale they have going on. You're going to want to uh, check out Stateline Tack right now. The other thing is they always have a giveaway. And right now, you can enter to win an Arena Heart all-purpose saddle. It's a $1,500 value, and you can enter to win that now just by putting in your email address and or sign up with Facebook, and you're entered to win. And they give away those. I think it's once a month they give away those products, but it's a $1,500 saddle right now at Stateline Tech. Get on over there, place your order. I, th- I know they're doing a lot of business. Uh, so apparently the online retailers are still selling stuff because people that have jobs and money uh, have nothing else to do but buy crap. So there you go. And horse people do like to shop. So I know that a lot of you are. And thank <laughs> you for supporting our horse industry and keeping us going.
1: I've wanted this back on track scarf forever and I put it in my shopping cart. And every time I like go to buy something from Staline Tech, I just like put it away like, oh, next time. Well, it's $20 off right now. Oh, is it? I have to have it. Is
0: that the therapeutic one, the back on track one? Yes, yeah. and
1: it's a scarf. And I've always wanted... I mean, it's uh, the reason it's on sale, it's because it's freaking coming into summer. I don't need scarf, but I can save it.
0: <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can. Well, uh, that's uh, that's Stateline Tack. We appreciate them hanging in there with us. And uh, we appreciate you supporting our sponsors. Well, let's give our first guest a call. Now... This lady, you're probably gonna recognize if you're a long time listener to the show, because she is our wiener cleaner. The horses. I thought
1: cleaner. I was the wiener cleaner.
0: <laughs> she is. Uh, she has a company called uh, Stud Crud Busters, and we found out about her. She lives near us, and we found out about her doing a segment on the show about cleaning sheaths which seems to be one of our favorite segments we ever do on this show. <clears throat> and so we she comes over and she does our, our she cleans Nigel's and Scooter's sheets. So that's how I know her. But we're not talking about that today. I can't even say what we're talking about today. Hello. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. This is Glenn and Jamie. How are you?
3: Hello. Very oh, How about yourself?
0: Good. I just explained how we met you. Uh, you know, and in what circumstances we met you the first time, but we're not talking about that today, are we? <laughs> uh,
3: that was a good time, and I'm always always happy to help you again for those reasons. <laughs> yes,
0: I, I'm sure you are. Now, I, I didn't tell Jamie this, but I, I heard through a little birdie that you requested something because it is your business, so...
1: How's it hanging? So much cleaner. Aren't you glad I... Wash, your, wash your wiener. I admit it's kind of creepy that I had to stick my arm up in your peepee. <laughs> it was sticky. Okay, that's it enough. Was gunky. It was funky. turn itchy. it off. It smelled funky. i got to mute Jamie for a moment. It was cruddy. When you stuck it out, it creaked like it was rusty. <laughs> After half an hour of toiling and of squirting, baby oiling, you're as fresh there as a daisy. Either this means I love you, or else I'm crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's for all the new listeners out there. Jamie's it was classic. funny at
1: first, and then I didn't realize it would haunt me for ten years.
0: <laughs> Literally, that song yeah, is ten did. years.
1: Ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was ten years ago. Glenn. "Let It Go." <laughs> that was our golden hit.
0: <laughs> that's right. It had tens of thousands of views on Facebook or Yay. on YouTube. It had tens of thousands. <laughs>
1: I mean if we're gonna do it, let's do it it, right. Let's go to like a studio and like get a band. (laughs) Get a band.
3: (laughs) I'll do the music video.
1: I love it.
0: Yeah, you could be cleaning she's dancing. Oh Oh, yeah,
3: that's perfect. (laughs) Oh fantastic.
0: (laughs) You're supposed to lead this one, Jamie, although I think she's probably mad at me now and won't talk. I
1: I I don't even know what to talk to about. So (laughs) Stephanie, besides Wiener cleaning. What else are you up to? Tell us about flying changes, equine massage and wellness. Your company.
3: Well, that, that yeah, um, I I actually do body work with horses. The sheath cleaning kind of fell into as as a need that horse owners you know need to have as a resource because it's something that definitely plays an important uh, part of their horse's wellness. Uh, but the the massage, the myofascial and the craniosacral work is where I actually um, focused on. Because I wanted better wellness for my own horse and a lot of the horses I was training back at the time I was running a barn and I kind of saw that horses, you know, in this amount of training and just everything that we ask of the horses in their wellness to be athletes, they take quite a toll. So I wanted to be on the other end of the wellness for the horse where I can actually give back to them and help improve their quality of life, knowing that they're going to be athletes for us and perform So um, I went back to school and studied quite a few things and I I love being on the end of it. I love seeing the joy and the benefit that they receive from this kind of work. Yeah, absolutely. So what is
1: cranial sacral therapy?
3: So it's actually kind of interesting. I I fell into that because um, my mother-in-law actually is a cranial sacral therapist. She does massage. Um, Actually, what's interesting is my father-in-law is a chiropractor, and my mother-in-law is a massage therapist with the craniosacral, so they kind of complement all ends of the wellness. But I ended up seeing her because I had a lot of concussions um, from falling off horses. Even though I was wearing my helmet, I took a lot of spills off horses, and she actually did some sessions on me, and that's how I got familiar with it, and I couldn't uh, believe the great result that I felt from it. Craniosacral therapy, it's also craniosacral and craniosacral. It's a type of body work that's very non-invasive. It's hands-on, and the aim is to enhance the body's own healing capabilities. The craniosacral system, which includes the cranium, the central nervous system, which is your body's computer, spinal cord, the vertebrae, the cerebrospinal fluid that's in between the vertebrae and floats, uh, you know, has your, your brain floats in. Uh, the fluid around your brain, and it goes all the way down to the sacrum, which is the base of your body. On a horse, it's in the pelvis right before his tail. So you're basically uh, affecting the whole end of the horse and the whole end of the human. Um, you use a very light touch to release the restrictions in the craniosacral system to improve the functioning of the central nervous system. Um, to explain it a little bit more, because it sounds really complicated, here's a really interesting story. The precursor to craniosacral therapy was cranial osteopathy. It was discovered by a doctor, uh, Dr. William Sutherland, in the late 1800s. As he was looking at the skull, he saw that it was comprised of different bones. He realized that the bones in the skull were designed to move. And back then, most of the teachings were at the time that the skull bones were immovable and were fused. And he, he saw that they were movable. He conducted a series of tests on himself and to ensure that he was right and that the bones indeed were moving. And he thought that the res- any restriction in the bone caused problems in the body. So what he did, he used like a football helmet with different bolts in different positions. And he screwed in and increased different pressures with different bolts around the helmet. And I'm not kidding you. He had his wife record the changes in his behavior. And so what he discovered is restricting those different areas caused different kinds of problems. And, and that oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I was just saying, interesting, that's a, that is a crazy way to, to test something. So the, uh, the on the different skull. parts of the skull uh, in a human, but how does that translate
3: to horses? So he found he found that the, the the rhythm of the bones uh, was caused by the flow of the cerebrospinal fluid that goes from the brain all the way down the central nervous nervous system to the sacrum. And that rhythm, it's actually, it's very hard to feel, but it's very much like a heartbeat. It can be felt, it can be measured because it flows. It, it goes from the brain, it reabsorbs in the body, and it goes all the way down to the sacrum, and then it returns back up. He found that when there's blockages, the circulation slows down, there's problems that arise and it's kind of a domino effect that goes through the rest of the chain of the body. Um, so when you work on a horse, the horse is just like the human. They have their own central nervous system also. Um, the, I'm, I'm sorry. I was losing my train of thought.
1: No, no, no. I was, yeah. So but, keep but, going. So how does it affect, like uh, how does that translate to horses?
3: So, so a a component of this work is working with soft tissue. You're working with the fascia of the body, which connects through the spinal column. The fascial system is a network of connective tissues and it forms a web through the body because the whole body is connected. Um, The, the fascia undergoes changes as a result of misuse disuse overuse and stresses and horses experience these stresses just like us because they're athletes and they're asked to perform the stresses i mean are any stresses that the body cannot adapt to whether it's something physical something emotional and just being living beings that uh that um we work with all of these stresses can happen as a consequence, the body goes in, it lays down extra protein, and the fascia, the connective tissue, actually hardens and it dehydrates and it remolds itself. And you kind of think about it, you go from like a slab of meat and it turns to like a beef jerky texture. So the body physically changes from different things that it has to adapt to. Then the, the fascia swells and it causes inflammation. Then uh, the mobility of the tissue is restricted. And the body actually registers pain, and in particularly in horses and in humans, the body will actually remold itself around those changes that were made in the tissue. So it, these compensatory compensatory changes are severe enough that the horse cannot maintain his posture and the adequate functional integrity. Their soundness may be an issue, and some horses. I mean, all horses basically have these these. Stresses to their tissue, they may still present as sound, but those issues can still be going on. It, it's just okay. part of of life and living in a body.
1: It, well, I, I had fascia work done on my horse at the makeover, uh, and I th- I thought, wow. I mean, just the uh, the uh, he, he would just like take big deep breaths and just release some stuff when she would hit certain spots. So mm-hmm. I definitely believe in it. But uh, what do you do? cranial, sacrally on a horse? Like you just push on their head or like, how does that work?
3: So it, so what, it's a very light touch specific uh, technique that you use. And when you're working on the spinal column, when you're working anywhere on that computer from the brain to the sacrum, you Release some of the restrictions very lightly so the flow of the serenospinal fluid can go through and can heal the body because the body wants to heal itself. So if there's any twists or torsions in the the flow of the cerebrospinal fluid through the body, when you release those restrictions, the body can flow, you know, the, the fluid can flow more easily through the body, which allows the body to be able to heal itself. So it's it's releasing restrictions, so the body can go back to its normal functioning.
1: Do you go to school for something like this, or is this something you learned kind of hands-on?
3: Very much so. I I definitely wanted to go and study this because it's very intensive. So it is school. Uh, Very intensive. It's a lot too. You have to. It's you. You definitely want to be a body worker already. Um, You want to be working with that, and it's kind of like an added-on component. it, you know, uh, something as similar as chiropractic. Craniosacral is a very gentle, non-invasive therapy that addresses and corrects the restrictions within the craniosacral system. So the body can improve its wellness and, and the body can self-correct and, uh, it, it helps the body self-regulating mechanism where like the chiropractic, they will, they focus on the body's main structures. They manipulate the skeleton and, um, they work with the central nervous system so they can release those restrictions also. So this is basically working on the cerebral spinal fluid to release restrictions where they're working on more of the joints and doing the manipulation. Um, Chiropractors, massage therapists, physical therapists, osteopaths, they actually learn craniosacral as an alternative healing therapy. So a lot of osteopaths and uh, massage therapists will take this as an add-on, but you need to have that understanding of the body and the function of the body already to be able to add this in addition to. It's just a whole other layer of of working on the body. And um, it's very, very healing. And there's a lot of things going on that we can't physically see. Like the the body loves to balance. It will try to create balance in an unbalanced state via compensation patterns. And these compensations cost the body over time and they aid in the breakdown of joint function, musculoskeletal health. And many times, like in horses, behavior issues result. And compensation patterns exist exists for all equine athletes. And what you find like what, what you find in the domesticated horse is a lot of pressures put on the cranium, whether it's bridles or halters or dental problems, we're always putting pressure on their heads. And that constant pressure can influence the body when they, and then they develop the compensation pattern and it later turns into compensation issues, wears on the joints, that kind of thing. Most horse owners, w- what, with most horse owners, the conditions are recognized with gait issues, canter lead problems, postural imbalances, lameness, behavior issues, head shaking, TMJ, facial nerve issues. Um, airway problems, head shaking, cribbing, and, and that's just to name a few. But some horses aren't, th- th- you're not recognizing those issues until the horse is basically in crisis mode. They've already been feeling this, they've already been compensating, and then they begin to head shake or they begin to crib. So the craniosacral restores the balance in their posture so they can use their bodies how they're meant. Um, the horse, they always tell us what's wrong, and it's us. To, up to us to learn how to listen to them and not assume that they're being naughty or belligerent. Amen, sister. Expression issue. And any horse can benefit from this this kind of work due to the fact that all horses experience pressures to the cranium throughout their lives. And these pressures on the skull affect the bone position, you know, creating the compensation patterns. It just it it, it influences the overall biomechanics of the horse. And okay.
1: Let me, let me stop you there because I <laughs> totally agree. I think you're amazing. I, I mean, I, I, I so much, the horses are always trying to tell us something and people always go, Oh, he's a jerk. And it's like, no, he's not a jerk. The, there's a reason they're eliciting this behavior. So w- where are you located and where can people go to find some, uh, somebody who can do some cranial sacral work on their horse if they're interested?
3: Um, I, I do, um, uh, the variety of my magic tricks with the body work and the sheet cleaning and all of that. I'm located in Florida. I travel most of Florida. I've also been doing a little, a little bit of South Carolina and Georgia. Um, but basically to find a therapist that has studied to this extent, um, you want to go to the international association of healthcare practitioners website, specifically for the craniosacral work. When you go on to international association of healthcare practitioners under the find a therapist tab you can search specifically and look for someone with equine craniosacral techniques and that is going to bring you to somebody who's had this level of training gotcha cool Uh,
1: well this is fantastic every time we have you on i just feel more relaxed afterwards glenn do you agree she has like a relaxing presence (laughs) you're like i know every time she comes out my
0: horses feel relaxed so uh, yeah there's
1: that I yeah every time I, i'm like i'm like she's the personality i wish i was it's nice and calm and relaxed but i got the opposite I, I think, so you probably would <laughs> <laughs> stephanie thank you so much you guys can find her on facebook flying change equine is uh, on facebook that's her page so thank you very and much
3: I'm- Sorry, I'm stephanie.
1: I'm- oh yeah bye Sorry watch bus. Wash your wiener. Oh my God! I admit it it's kind of creepy. <laughs> that I had to stick my arm up in your pee today. I'm not talking.
0: About it. <laughs> Bye, Stephanie. <laughs>
1: I seriously need like a nap after talking to her because she's just so. She
0: she could do one of those put you to sleep podcasts. She's so soothing.
1: Oh my god, that's a great idea. If I can't sleep, I'll just listen to this. Not because I thought what she was saying was boring. No, I just just, find her so relaxing. So
0: relaxed. Hey, you want to do some weird news?
1: Let's do it. All right, so we'll start with with some coronavirus news. Um, There's a comedy club in Liverpool, England, and um, they were doing some comedy shows, and they were live streaming it on Facebook, and all of a sudden, swarm, swarm, swarm! They're raided by the police. And the police swarmed in, you're not supposed to be doing... Hello? Is anybody here? There was, like, one guy on stage that was, was, like, performing (laughs) to a camera. (laughs) And they thought, you're not supposed to be hosting these things. Yeah, I like a laugh track. And they swarmed in. The Hot Water Comedy Club has told Sky News around 20 officers turned up to the venue last Saturday night after they thought the show was uh pa- was featuring a packed audience was happening that evening. So there you go. They're serious <laughs>
0: about not gathering there, aren't they? Swarm!
1: <laughs> Liverpool, you can't... Okay. We're going to stay over in England. This is the church of England. And, um, Reverend Stephen beach was performing, you know, people can't go to church now. So they're having to get their religion, getting their Jesus on, on video. My, my in-laws every Sunday morning, they're like, you know, texting group texting about the sermon that's happening. So people are like watching preachers online. Well, this is Reverend Stephen beach. He's performing his online service. And, um, this is in st budo parish church and he had you know like uh i don't know exactly i'm not like savvy enough it's the church of england uh anyway i think it was a catholic ceremony and they had candles lit all over the place and he (laughs) i heard (laughs) it's on video the vicar (laughs) leans over and he's like oh dear i just got fire <laughs>
0: yeah, he <did> too. His,
1: <laughs> his 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 gown, gown
0: was on fire
1: in the, in the, in the, the article it says his jumper set on fire as he leaned over some of the candles prompting him to calmly exclaim oh dear i just got fire the 61 year old was not harmed in the incident he said afterwards i just felt my arm getting a bit hot <laughs> the nice thing is it did damage my pullover and my shirt, but my arm is fine. There's no burn on my arm.
0: <laughs> it was an exciting service, though.
1: We I mean, livened I it up a little. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so funny. Uh, <laughs> okay, next one. Oh, sorry, I was, I lost my spot. I know you didn't want like bad news in the in the weird news stories, but this is just so weird. Did you know there's a guy named Mad Mike Hughes? His name is Michael Mad Mike Hughes, and he is he's gone. He's famous for doing all these daredevil things. Like in 2002, he gained fame when he jumped a Lincoln Town Car stretch limousine 103 feet, and in, in, in wow. California. Why would you do that? So now he is certified by the Guinness Book of Worlds Records as the longest limousine ramp jump. Why would you want to do that?
0: Well, he's probably the only limousine ramp jump. To, I mean, yeah, time. exactly.
1: Like, somebody actually ramp jumped a limousine. Why would you? Okay, whatever. Cool. You're in the book. Uh, so the... I didn't know that this was a thing and then I read it and then I asked Chad about it and it's apparently like a real big thing. There's people that think the earth is flat.
0: Yeah, the flat earthers. There's a lot of those.
1: But it's but it's like not flat. Like we've seen the earth is not flat.
0: Chad has flown high enough to confirm that. I am sure
1: he told me he was like, Jamie. It's not flat. I've seen it. I've seen a curve. I you know, I mean he's flown all, we we've all flown from one end to the other. Oh, that was just flat though. Okay, so the whole earth is like if you took an atlas and you like laid it yeah on on the the floor and that that that's how we travel.
0: Yeah, and for years we've been trying to get to the end of it, but we haven't yet. So Oh, that's Probably crazy. Round.
1: Okay, so like <laughs> legit people think that yeah. the Earth is flat. Yes, Apparently this is a thing. All those satellites
0: looking down or I don't know what they're saying. Uh,
1: what know. is going on? Who would actually think that? Anyway, Mad Mike Hughes, he decided he was going to prove it. He was going to prove that the Earth was flat. So guess what Mad Mike Hughes did? He built himself a rocket and he put himself in the rocket. And then he went up in outer space and he was like, I'm going to prove it's flat. And then it crashed. He
0: never came back, did he? Or did he he come back quickly?
1: I'm, 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 it came back. It was not in, it was not intact. And I'm certain
0: Mad Mike was not intact either.
1: Mad Mike, uh, the the thing that the, when they watched the video uh, that Mad Mike used just launched himself in a self-made steam powered rocket and crash-landed and very likely did not survive. That was the m- news right after it happened. Apparently the parachute ripped after launch, so the rocket went up and then it came down. Anyway, hey! The Earth is not flat! <laughs> Move on. I'll tell you I mean, what,
0: we're, <laughs> we're going to have Dr. Siemens coming up in a minute. I wanted to remind everybody
1: I have one more!
0: Oh, I, the best you, oh, one. I didn't know you had one more. Okay, go ahead.
1: I mean, you can't just uh, play the music again. Oh, 51-year-old male suspect in Washington State went on a high-speed police chase. They were trying to pull him over, and he just took off and led police on a high-speed police chase, and he was driving around. They eventually got him by throwing down spike strips. I mean... They chased him for a very long time. And one officer finally was like, hmm, I don't think that's a person driving that car. There was a person in the car, but there was not a person driving the car. He hit a couple vehicles, fled on Interstate 5, took off, and one trooper reports seeing a pit bull in the driver's seat with the owner handling the steering wheel from the passenger seat. The car reportedly hit speeds of 109 miles per hour during the chase. Um and no nobody was nobody was hurt during this. Um, but apparently the officer said the pit bull was very sweet and was taken to a local animal shelter. <laughs> uh, so basically was he trying to get away with like I wasn't driving. It was the dog. But apparently that is what happened. The dog was driving, was in the driver's seat during a high speed police chase with they went a hundred miles hour, and only two things were hit. How is that possible?
0: Is your dog smart? Any or your dog smart enough to drive the car?
1: No, of course not. But they're also like, they wouldn't even just sit there while I was like,
0: it'd be all over your lap. They'd be, I mean, they'd be in
1: my lap in the passenger seat. Who's doing the pedals I am So confused. I'm so confused by this, but yes, apparently a sweet uh, pit bull was driving the, the, the trooper. He goes, I wish I could make this up. I've been a trooper for almost 12 years. And wow, I've never heard this excuse. I've been in a lot of high-speed chases. I've stopped a lot of cars. And never have I ever gotten a... Oh, this is the excuse that he used. Never have I gotten an excuse that they were teaching the dog how to drive. <laughs> That's why the dog was in the in the driver's seat. as they were teaching him how to drive. You're welcome. Can I play it now? That's it? That's
0: it. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> So, a couple things. One is, I read this morning that if you're waiting for those checks from the government, you know, the individual payouts, apparently, they're supposed to start to hit this week or next week into bank accounts. It's going to take weeks. If you don't have a... If they don't have your bank account in record, like you never filed using your bank account as a refund place or whatever, they're going to send checks, and those will take longer. But uh, apparently, they're coming. And also, if you're in Canada... Uh, the Canada's COVID 19 economic r- response plan includes, get this, Canadian trainers, grooms, horse show per- personnel, freelancers, apply to and tell your staff to apply for the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. You'll receive 2K per month for four months. What? So, yeah. So if you're in Canada, look up the Canada Emergency response benefit and apply. Apparently, they're doing 2K per month for four months for certain businesses and stuff, and apparently, horse businesses in, are included in that. So, look that nice. up. Um, <clears throat> Uh, and also tonight on our HRN live at 5 we have the host of the eventing radio show Jonathan Hollings coming on to talk about what it's like to be a pro right now in the horse world and also I have an attorney coming on to talk about wills and you know because everybody's thinking about those things right now to talk about wills and what should be in wills for horse people like you know how do you dictate where the horses go and all that stuff and I did a little poll on our auditor room to find out how many have wills and don't? Are you surprised that I would say probably seventy percent do not have a will?
1: Oh my gosh, you guys got to protect your ponies.
0: <clears throat> I know, and your and your loved ones. <laughs> so no, no, no.
1: Well, let's get. To... <laughs> I'm I'm speaking horse. Person, Are you trying okay? to motivate them?
0: I get it. I'm now. speaking yeah, horse I'm person. <laughs>
1: Y'all, what's going to happen to your horses if something happens to you? And, you need uh, to have all that locked down.
0: Uh, yeah, if you don't, the court will decide. So uh, yeah, you don't want them to decide. No, the court, and, that's and what happens. The, i'll take them all it does not all necessarily me. go to the people you think it should go to uh and then also if your horse husband doesn't want them maybe you ought to figure that out too so uh ahead of time so that he doesn't have to figure out what happens to him because
1: no, i'm giving you i left you zeus oh good you're welcome
0: <laughs> thanks <Appreciate laughs> that. can i then determine what happens to zeus jennifer <laughs> can we find a home for this horse
1: no, you have to promise to keep him, keep
0: as him my forever. Yes. Uh, no, I won't my- be able to keep him forever because I won't be able to keep him in.
1: <laughs> so. It's my dying wish. Did that I you tell you what happened the other forever. day? No,
0: I didn't tell you. So. Uh, I'm outside, or I'm inside. I was doing a show, just finished a show. And I look outside, and Scooter is in a little paddock right beside the house, a dry lot, because he can't have grass. And he's tearing around there, 90 miles an hour. It's like, oh, what's going on with Scooter now? And I look over at the neighbor's house. By the way, the neighbor's house doesn't have any animals except goats and the dogs. And I look over, and in their field, right in front of our house, are these three great big warm bloods running around like crazy. And there's a lot of junk in that field, and it's pretty junky. And I thought, those horses are going to get hurt. Why did they get horses? These people shouldn't have horses, and they shouldn't. Uh, And Jennifer comes running over from the barn and says, "Up! that's the neighbor's horses from the other side of our house, got loose, came through the woods, the thick woods, and ended up in the neighbor's paddock. I don't know how. Uh, so she said, grab some halters. we got to get these worm out of there before they hurt themselves. And they were tearing around. And, and one of them's huge. They were tearing around there. So we go grab some halters. And we go over. And the guy over there looks shell-shocked. And he's like, because he didn't know anything about horses. He said, I saw these three horses running down the road at full gallop. So I stood in front of them and waved. And they ran into oh, my God. paddock. So. <laughs> He's lucky he didn't get killed.
1: Uh, oh, my God. But he's
0: good he did it because they were gone. They were going to be like five blocks away on the that road. That is crazy. And wow. they ran around for a while. We managed to catch them and, and take them back through the woods <laughs> uh, to their to the neighbor's house. But it
1: was an so exciting So you knew who they, whose they were?
0: Yeah, we do. They were the horses, right? Literally, they went from one side of our property to the other side through the woods and ended up in that paddock. If they hadn't ended up in that paddock, they would have been gone for hours. Wow. On the roads. Yeah. And well, I
1: quiet. love it when people just say, uh, non-horse people, I don't know if this person's a horse person no, or
0: not. not at all.
1: I'm just going to stand in front of him and wait. He didn't
0: know what to do. He said, well, they were coming down the road. I thought I'd stop them.
1: <laughs> Good for you, man. Is it a paved road? or is Yes, it a der- paved. Oh, yeah. Oh, my nightmare.
0: Oh, they and they were booking. They were so happy to be free. <laughs> it's like... Oh, that was fun. That was a fun day. So I said to Jennifer, I said, uh, you take the crazy one. That's that's the one over there causing all the trouble. I'll take the quiet quarter horse. And uh, we had another neighbor help with the very large worm blood. But the, the little worm blood was the one causing the trouble. And guess what? It was a black mare. So, <laughs> so there you go. Lovely. So anyway, that's what's going on. We are going to call Dr. Siemens now. You want to explain who Dr. Siemens is?
1: Dr. Siemens is one of our favorite veterinarians who comes on the show and he is funny and he's an author, he's a painter, he's a poet, he's a he's just an a, and he's a veterinarian. He does it all. He's a he's a true renaissance man and he's kind enough to keep coming back. I don't know why, but I don't know either. So we're
0: trying to give him a call right now. I wanted to ask him. You know, he,
1: by the way, is the veterinarian that I called on Christmas. (laughs) Nobody would answer my call, and I Facebook message him, and and he he like taken our
0: messages for months. Either I wonder why.
1: Yeah, correlation. Maybe he's pretty amazing, and he's going to be at the movement if the movement's still happening.
0: Yeah, that's supposed to be when in July, June, June. Hey, Dr. Siemens, how are you?
2: This is, is this Glenn?
0: Yes, it is. And Jamie, too. You got a phone.
2: Does, he, does your mother know you're playing with the phone?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Put the phone down, Glenn. Sorry. <laughs> Dr. Siemens, are you that, mad at me? I messaged you happy birthday and you never wrote me back. Are we Are we cool? Oh,
2: oh no. I thought you guys were mad at me because you don't call me anymore.
0: Oh, oh, well. We did it try hurt and my, call you and you didn't answer.
2: hurt my feelings. It did.
0: Uh-huh. Did we miss his sure. birthday?
1: No? No.
2: Okay.
1: We talked about it. No, we gave no. you a happy birthday. Happy birthday. happy birthday. Happy, happy
2: birthday to you. <laughs>
1: hey, we love you.
2: Thank you so much. Now, I did that when I, was, when I first got on Facebook 10 years ago. There's just so much information that gets put out there. And so I just put April, at birth date, I put April 1st, 1917. And, and some people get that and some people don't. So.
0: All right. <laughs> is it well, really April 1st or is it sometime in November?
2: Yeah. I was, I was, we started in November in 1951. So, but I don't put that out there. I don't want my, I don't want my number out there, you know.
1: Well, nobody's heard it. So, okay.
2: so how are you, how, how are you guys doing?
1: Man, we're doing great. We're doing great. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're like every day's Groundhog Day and, and, uh, we're kind of all stuck in our houses, but I know that you, I mean, are you, what do you, we just want to know what you're doing.
2: Well, it for me, it's, you know, the things have slowed down a little bit because people are kind of worried. Uh, we still, we're still doing a lot of emergency work. And so that's kind of what's keeping us afloat. But, uh, you know, we're out here in the, in the, in basically rural Idaho, so we're not in a real in a real contrary population base. So it's not uh, you know, it's we're not we're not seeing the the kinds of, of worry and concern here that they are in, in, in areas with a higher population base. But still, there's some concern out there over this deal.
0: Do, now, Course with social distancing, deep. when you go on calls, do you have the client stand at one end and you stand at the other? That's about the
2: right length, Right. I I get as close to the horse as I possibly can. I I don't really worry too much about social distancing with the horse.
0: <laughs> no, I met the client. Do you have them stand at the butt end while you're oh, at the front end? Person, yeah. I, I
2: don't I don't I don't care about that. <laughs> I just I really don't get I just don't get too worried about that. Are we are we on the air now? Or is it just, this is Oh just no, that? you're
0: on the air. You're you're on the air.
2: Wonderful. wonderful, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, okay, so- well, and I'll, I'll try not to revisit my pre Christian vocabulary while we're while we're doing this. You don't bleat me.
0: <laughs> Can I Jamie, I gotta start this though. Can you please tell people not to suck an entire tube of ivermectin down after the report the other day?
2: Yeah, well, the the good news about the ivermectin, well, there's there's a, there's a couple of things we got to consider. For the the first thing is is that we've had coronaviruses around for at least fifty years. They first isolated the coronaviruses in the cat in 1970. It causes feline infectious peritonitis. Say that three times fast. So, in, so,
0: in other so, words, all you know, of this is a cat's fault. I could have guessed that actually.
2: <laughs> Well, we can blame it on a cat if you want to. This particular COVID-19 probably did not come from animals. All, all I can say is that the, the, we've had we've had coronaviruses in animals for a long time. Uh, so it causes generally it causes gastrointestinal problems in cats and horses. Uh, this particular one in humans is obviously a respiratory crud. So it's, it's one of those things that it's not a created thing. There was not some conspiracy, some evil mad scientist someplace invented a virus. Uh, this is just just part of, part of biology and uh, kind of hard to control, kind of hard to understand, especially viruses. Viruses are really weird critters in the first place. Been a fair amount of discussion over the last 70 years as to whether or not they were even alive at all. You know, they're considered the perfect parasite because all other bacteria and protozoal types of parasites they have all the the machinery that they need to reproduce themselves viruses on the other hand are basically just either dna or rna and they invade the host cell and they command it to replicate them so it's a very very novel and very uh, very unique type of life form that's able to to get by on with the with bare bones minimum stuff in order to replicate itself so that's one of the reasons why it's kind of hard for us to develop vaccines against certain viruses. But the good news is that those, those things change periodically and that's why all these epidemics, with no exceptions at this point, have eventually run its course. The virus changes, uh, just it, it mutates randomly and then it becomes less virulent. We saw that with the Spanish flu in 1917. Uh, more recently, we've seen that with the uh, West Nile virus here which is not a, not a human disease. It's actually a bird disease, and horses and people were inapparent in or in uh, not inapparent, but accidental hosts. And so we had a, an outbreak there in the early 2000s. We, we lost, you know, several thousand horses. But it peaked at peak 2004 and by 2005 or six, it was d- back down to almost undetectable levels. It wasn't because we vaccinated every horse in America. It's because that's the nature of viral diseases is they change. So this is going to blow over. Uh, you know, it's not fun. It's not what we're having to go through to try to prevent it and, and reduce the spread is not fun. But uh, this, too, will pass. And uh, we'll be back to back to, back to to doing things the way we've been doing them, I believe.
1: Um, can I just say that Dr. Siemens for president... Can I just go out and say, <laughs> write-in candidate immediately, Dr. Seam president. That is the most logical way I've heard anything explained
0: Then yet. he really wouldn't take our calls, you know?
1: Oh, he'd have to because I started the write-in vote. And I was like, <laughs> I put you there. I, I put you in this world. I can take you out. So, you'd have to answer back. <laughs> oh, my god. So, gosh.
0: let's get back to ivermectin. We really shouldn't be sucking a tube of ivermectin. Let's go back to that.
2: Well, the, the, the thing is that that at very high levels it can become fairly toxic. So, uh, ivermectin has been around since 1984, uh, and the beauty the beautiful part about this, at least the the recent studies that have been demonstrated, is it takes a very 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 small dose to be effective. I think they're looking at five milligrams. Uh, which your average tube of ivermectin, I think, has a gram, uh, you know, so a thousand milligrams in it. So, uh, And you've got to remember that different animals, different species are going to respond to different drugs in different ways. And so the, the level of ivermectin that it takes to prevent heartworms in a dog is infinitely smaller than the level of ivermectin that it will take to kill a parasite in a horse. So we need to be really careful and not self medicate all the time. Uh there was a there was a, a study when this first came out about some people that actually took something they thought was fluoroquinone, uh was actually a, a, a an aquarium cleaner. Right,
0: yeah. And it that looked
2: happened. like the same looked like the same the same compound and it was not. So uh, you know, uh,
0: be that, careful with the kind of I stuff that you start eating. You point know? out that was a Florida man. <laughs> oh, so. Of course it was.
1: <laughs>
2: Wait a minute. (laughs) How many people do you want to make mad today?
1: I'm assuming he did not make it.
2: I don't know if he
0: died or not. I can't remember the story, whether he died or not. I
2: don't remember. Is that the same guy that... yeah, yeah the the one one of them one of the couple died. One of them was in ICU for a while. I don't know if they pulled out of it or not.
0: So I talked to Doctor Wendy uh, last night, uh, and she's kind of our resident veterinarian here. And she, you know, one of the things she said, she really studied the the reports out of Australia that brought up the ivermectin. And one of the things she said, yeah. you know, this was all done in a petri dish so far. They haven't put in an animal. They don't know the distribution system. They don't know how it's. it's kind of what you were saying. They haven't done the animal test yet. It 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 uh, stopped. It from doing basically what it stopped what you said earlier it attaches to to your cells it stopped it from attaching so it didn't allow it to go in and, and invade and then replicate but they haven't done that in in an animal or let alone a human yet so it's a long ways away it's just and, but yet i heard reports from one of some of our auditors that said they went to tractor supply and there were no ivermectin they asked why and they oh, said they God. had to pull it off the shelves because non-horse people were coming in and buying
2: it just, well, that's Darwinism. Well, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a couple of other things that we have to consider about viruses. Viruses are very, very novel life forms. Uh, it, we, we're just on the verge of starting to begin the smallest amount of knowledge dealing with these things. And so there were some studies done back in the oh, late 50s, early 60s. They were called notobiotics. And they, they, they've continued these studies to this day. And what they do is they'll take an animal by C-section. So a rat or a rabbit, they've even done some sheep this way. They take the, the neonates by, by C-section in a sterile environment. And so they're never exposed to bacteria at all. And then from an, in an experimental basis, I know that sounds kind of mean, but they will introduce viruses to these animals. And oddly enough, they don't get very sick. And the reason is because there's a secondary bacterial opportunist that comes in in the face of this immunosuppressive abilities of viruses. So they work in tandem. And so, so for example, a horse got a respiratory crud. Okay, most of these things are started by a virus. There's a secondary bacterial opportunist that comes back in on the heels of this infection. That's why we use antibiotics. So if it was just strictly a viral infection, antibiotics wouldn't do anything for the horse. So I'm wondering if there, there's been some talk about the fluoroquinolones, the uh, azarythromycin, as well as ivermectin. I'm wondering if they're not having an effect on a secondary opportunist, not the virus per se, but some, something like a secondary opportunist, whether it be a, a, a bacteria or protozoa or something that may be susceptible to treatment with one of these other compounds. And we're not really treating the virus we're treating a secondary opportunist. You
0: know,
1: it's get interesting, the man. get that man yeah. to Washington. You know, it's interesting. You need to talk to Dr.
2: To
0: Trump. So Explain the Boston them. Herald had a story uh, about a centuries old tuberculosis vaccine. That kind of probably ties into what you're talking about. That, people who got this really old tuberculosis vaccine are not getting this virus as you know, in great numbers. Uh, And some countries were still using it and they're seeing much fewer numbers. And it kind of goes to ties in what you said. There's a secondary thing in there that's helping block this virus. And in this case, it was vaccine from ancient times, you know?
2: Yes, 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 exactly. And, And, and again, just like all, you know, the, the worst one we've had, we've had, we've had was, was with the Spanish flu outbreak in 1917 and 18, which, uh, I mean, it had its own set of political challenges because of what President Wilson, Wilson was doing because of our efforts in the First World War, and that that spills us into a whole other rabbit trail. We'll, we'll maybe go into it some other time. But bottom line is that no matter what we've seen, especially with the viruses, is that they will eventually run their course. They will mutate and they will change, and they will not be, be nearly as virulent or infectious uh, and and then life will go on, and I and I think we're going to see we're going to see the same thing happen. Why here. then, I just,
0: during the Spanish? it Sounds like you know what what went on there. Why then they had it one year, and then it came back was even worse the second year. Obviously, we didn't have the technology to come up with the vaccine or even a cure treatment at that point.
2: Well, as far as the coronavirus vaccine, they've been they've been working on a coronavirus vaccine for the cat for fifty years, and we still don't have one. So it's there. There are certain viruses that lend themselves well to vaccines. Rabies. We have an excellent vaccine against rabies have had for 130 years, Uh, but we don't have a real good vaccine against influenza. You know, so all viruses are not created equal. The challenge that we had with the Spanish flu was at, at least half political. There were some problems because of uh, President Wilson's uh, wanting us to get involved in the First World War. Mm. And so he put a moratorium on on newspapers that said anybody that talks anything bad about the American military is going to get shut down. So basically, he just kind of threw out the First Amendment just right away. And put some very very strong political pressure. Well, the first outbreak for that that uh, Spanish flu occurred in a, in a on a military base in Kansas. And there was fifty seven thousand soldiers that were sick with that and dying. And so they were in a very confined area. Uh, there was a moratorium a bit against putting out anything negative about our military. And so the word didn't get out until all of a sudden now we've got a real problem.
0: And now those sh- and so- soldiers that start dispersing and spreading it everywhere.
2: Exactly. That's exactly what happened. And that's why there was that biphasic peak in the in, in in the outbreak.
0: It's like history week here yeah. on horses in the morning between Monday and today. It's like history week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, those those Winston Churchill said people that refuse to study history are doomed to repeat its mistakes. Yeah, well why
0: do we keep repeating mistakes then? Because we have history. <clears> and you know the we're... difference between the Spanish flu time and now? We have the internet. So we know everything.
2: <laughs> oh yes exactly and, and if it's on the internet it's bound to be true right
1: <laughs> unbelievable listen I, so so my question was with all of this awesome talk you guys are doing by the way it's super interesting to just sit back and listen to the two of you um, how long does it take for a virus to morph and change and then go away since you seem to have all the answers I want you to tell me how much longer this is going to go on
2: um uh- Three weeks, four days, twelve <laughs> hours, and eighteen minutes.
1: Three weeks, four days, twelve hours,
2: and eighteen minutes.
1: I'm I'm writing it down but, for us. Yeah,
2: the, uh, but but the but the 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 bell curve. Okay, the standard deviation will be forever. Okay, so just oh. to cover all my bases. Okay, <laughs> I,
1: it could be less. I, I
2: don't I don't know the answer to that. Historically, these things have. If you look at all of the major epidemics, we had we had one back, when was it, 10, 10, 2010, 2011, we had the swine flu. Uh, I, you know, those things will run their course. And so if you just, you can look at the different influenza, the different respiratory things that have happened over the recent, let's just say, 10 years. And so we were going to have the Asian flu, the avian flu, the swine flu, the SARS thing, which was another coronavirus. I mean, over the last 10 years, we've had all of these things crop up. And cause some concern. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned, but but they have all run their course, and it, and none of them have taken more than just a few months. So I think they're looking for that flat part of the peak, okay, that flat part of the curve, so that we start to see a decline in numbers. and and I, I think that thing is going to be here uh, at at some point. I can't say when, but if this thing follows the 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 course that other things have in the recent decade, i don't think we're looking at a long haul on this thing it was will probably become what's called endemic the same thing happened with uh with the west nile virus back in 04. uh we start, started seeing great declines in the in the numbers of cases but we still have this thing crop up periodically because it's here again it's a bird disease it's not a horse disease we are actually humans and horses are accidental hosts and i think this coronavirus may well come come about and do the same thing
1: well i have a question i have a question okay Sorry, I know we're keeping you way too long. Uh, so I and my husband believe we've already had it. We were very sick, and he's an airline pilot. We just think we already had it. We've recovered. Can I? I don't think if you've already had it, you can't get it again. Well,
0: there's some. I just read a story this morning that they're they're starting in the other countries that were ahead of us, uh, uh, South Korea and. China and some of the other countries that were ahead of us on this, they are seeing cases and they're trying to figure out why they're seeing a number of cases of people who are testing positive a second time. And it's usually uh, one to two months later. And they're trying to figure out why some people are testing positive again and some aren't.
1: Dr. Siemens, can you get the same virus twice?
2: Well, here's the, the, this, this becomes a problem. Uh, for in the, in the first place, there's, there's basically only two ways to test. Okay, there's a test that's called the polymerase chain reaction test, the PCR test, and that actually that actually uh, will indicate the presence of the either the RNA or the DNA of a sp- very specific virus. The the child, So that's the one where they they stick that swab up your nose, back up into your brain someplace. That, mm-hmm. They I, they tell me they got to get that swab way up in there to be effective. So the problem with that is that if you do it too early, too late, you're going to miss it. So you'll get some false negatives. So that will tell you that, you that the virus is in there. Then the other test would be an antibody test. And so that's where they pull your blood and see if you've got antibodies to that very specific disease. And so the challenge with these two tests is there's, there's such a thing as a false negative to the PCR, depending upon when you did the test. And there's also such a thing as a false positive because of the blood test. So, for example, we can test you for influenza A. And and you will probably have a reactive titer to influenza A. If you're not sick today, that's not an indication that this is causing you disease. This is an indication that you have been exposed to that. That's mm-hmm. what that's what that's what vaccines do is they is they fool your body into thinking that that you've got a really real a real virus there when in fact all it is it's it's sort of a duplicate of a virus that's not infectious. It teaches your immune system what it looks like so we can attack it the next time it sees a real a real virus. So those antibody titers will tell you that you've been exposed, but it doesn't tell you you've got the disease. And so it's, we see this with, with strangles in, in, in the horse barns all the time. Horses got the snots. Next thing you know, it's a strangles epidemic. Well, most of the time it's just respiratory red, not strangles. So just because Jamie thinks that that bucks got strangles, just because he's got the snot and the cough, that doesn't necessarily mean he has strangles. And so now, with the coronavirus out there, everybody that has a little bit of the sniffles is going to be, you know, worried that they've got the disease. So Every the time I cough, I panic because of because of symptoms. They're not necessarily going to going to mesh well with with actual cases of the, of the COVID nineteen.
1: So, say I had COVID nineteen a couple months ago. Can I get COVID nineteen again? Like, a, like, I and
2: know. get sick again. I don't know. And if, if, say if, I if had you, it. If you could, if, if you could, that that would be a rather unique type of a virus. Because most of the most of the viral infections don't don't necessarily impart lifelong immunity. They will impart some immunity.
0: Yeah, oh. I. And from oh. what I was reading, the people that that they found it and again were getting sick again, but not as bad as the first time. So that kind of goes along with what you're saying.
1: But if, say, I did have it a couple months ago and I can still be a carrier of it, like I can still, like, say I pick it up at the Walmart and I go over to my mother-in-law's house, I can still give it to them, right? Even though I'm not symptomatic.
2: Yes, absolutely. And, okay. and, but that, but that is not that is not unique to COVID-19. That right. is the case with all respiratory ah. viruses, all of them, all of them. So we see this occasionally in, in, in again, in public boarding facilities or show barns. Where you got one horse that goes to a show and comes back, and all of a sudden you have got three horses in the barn that are blowing green boogers, and yet the horse that went to the show is fine. And so, you know, it's 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 something to be concerned about. But if you if you knew how often you get exposed to these things, it would drive you nuts. Mm-hmm. Because you know, we we have, most of us have competent immune systems that keep us that keep us sound, and then we can be thankful for that. So you you need to be smart. You know, you don't haul sick horses. You know, I mean, if, if you know, if, if 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 you're if you got the respiratory crud, you should stay home. But that's the case. That's the case with just the seasonal flu or whatever. So they're they're in, par- in apparent carriers for lots of diseases, not just the COVID.
0: Well, we, we have to wrap it up here, Dr. Simmons. Uh Will you hold on with us? Can you hold on with us till right after the show? We do a little post show for our auditors, for our super fans. Uh, and Jamie, uh, we want to ask you about something else, too. I, you know what I want to ask him about. We'll, we'll do it uh, right after the show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Don't forget, 5 o'clock today, I have Jonathan Holling coming on, the inventor. And I also have a lawyer coming on to talk about getting your wills in order now. We've had several requests for that. And what do you do with the horses and all that stuff? So we're going to be doing that right uh, right after the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Tomorrow is, um, what is tomorrow? I'm trying to remember what tomorrow is.
1: Tomorrow is is Groundhog Day. Yes, Thursday.
0: And I'm trying to remember, and I totally have lost track of what even time of the month it is so uh and jennifer erased my board so i have no idea what tomorrow's show is going to be there'll be a show tomorrow and then we'll be back on friday with really bad ads and announcing brand new prizes too so
1: fantastic look for that everybody thanks for joining us sorry glenn gets confused spay neuter and geld